0: Today's episode of the Listen In Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks for supporting us. Check us out on Twitter, at Listen Pod. Give us a review on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated, and it helps us grow. Let's start the show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Listen In Podcast, episode 57 January 26th, 2017. You know what I think I'm going to do, Jake? What's that? During the entire Trump administration of podcasts, I think I might just do the somber ladies and gentlemen, rather than the welcome to the listening podcast, I'm going to do the ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, well, so it's like when in Rome. It's a when in Rome thing. So like when in Obama's America, you act happy and you're like, you know, just a generally good face for the country, a positive influence under Trump's America, like when in Rome, you act sad and like the apocalypse is nigh.
1: There's probably a bunch of people, new like new listeners who are tuning in who are Japan droids fans or just right. like General Rock fans right. who are like, listen, oh great, another liberal cuck podcast that I need to
0: You know what? Go go tweet your Pepe the Frog somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you're listening I'm not into you. I don't want anyone who's even close <laughs> to fascist listening to my podcast You know what Jake? What? Republicans buy sneakers too. Michael Jordan said that okay? Not Republicans.
0: Republicans are fine by me, alt-right, fascist, yeah. Pepe the Frog tweeters. Yeah, not my thing.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So just a couple liberal cucks here talking about music
0: on the the, the cuck in podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I agree with that way of starting the episode. I think that's a great way yeah. to do it. It's like what we talked about last week, where like there's still the news even during the apocalypse. And somehow there's this, like, anchor still doing his job with great composure. I think you got to be composed, and yeah, you got to be a little somber. So that's for the next four years. So for most of the podcasts, because we did one year of non-Trump.
1: That's right. Uh, You know how last week we talked about Eve of Destruction, and we talked about how... It's not Iron Butterfly, by the way. It's Barry McGuire. Okay. I had that wrong. And we're close to destruction. Eve of Destruction. Well, I saw a tweet today about how, you know, like, the clock... The, like the the nuclear clock or whatever it is the, the one that's in Watchmen all the time it just moved to like 1159 it did it's the closest it's been to midnight since 1953 Wow so Jesus yeah all thanks to our boy that's disconcerting yeah
0: speaking yeah. of time um a lot of albums these days Sean <laughs> drop early yeah they do of, they in do. terms of release date so like we were saying last week, It's like having a clock that's set to the wrong time. You can look and you'll see that time, but that's not really the time it is. And that's how it is with albums these days because we're getting albums streamed early on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, so this past week we had a whole flurry of albums streamed early. We had Cloud Nothings, we had Japan Droids, we had Julie Byrne, we had Priests, we had Allison Crutchfield. Basically every album that's coming out on January 27th got streamed early last week. Came out before January 27th. So that leaves us having to listen to all of these and scramble and find all the different streams and do it because we feel compelled to let's do a segment let's do a hot thoughts segment Jake all right on early album streams what are you what are your feelings and thoughts on early album streams my hot thoughts are that I
0: it's like you said earlier on paper I like them but I given the podcast and given that I I kind of want to listen to everything it's confusing to me and it becomes upsetting because I want like, today, we were talking about Cloud Nothings, and you were like, you texted me, you're like, yeah, I listened to it, it was alright. I'm like, dude, is that out? <laughs> right. like, I didn't know that was out. I thought that came out on the 27th. I mean, I should have followed my own advice and known that if that's the date it says it's coming out, that's the only day it won't come out. But I was waiting on it, so I gave it a listen today. I liked it alright. But it just, it, it adds an element of stress, and I just feel like the album release date means nothing anymore.
1: Yeah. Alright, here's some hot thoughts for you on on early early releases. Yeah. Like you said, on paper, they're good because you're like, yeah, I get this great new music I've been excited for early. In practice, they stress me the fuck out. The reason for this is the streaming kind of infrastructure that's being used by the NPRs of the world and whatever else website is deciding to stream and spinning up a, a stream for you. It sucks. It it's does, It's almost yeah. impossible to listen to on mobile. You basically have to sit in front of an open browser screen on your laptop or desktop computer and just sit there with your thumb up your ass listening. And, you know, listen to ads before. This is brought to you by NPR. It's like, well, okay, NPR, I appreciate you. You're, like, a voice of reason during all of this, like, shit we're dealing with. But, like, I don't necessarily need ads before I listen to this stream.
0: Quick not-so-hot thought about that, just a, a query... Do you use an ad blocker?
1: No, I don't use ad blocker. I
0: do, and that never happens.
1: Uh, you know, I'm a capitalist, pure capitalist. That's how they pay for stuff. I understand So, that. yeah. But
0: it's music faster for me. Um, but yeah, go on.
1: So, I don't like the infrastructure. It's Like I said, it's impossible to listen to on mobile, which makes it almost impossible to listen to in the car. On top of that, I like to organize things. I like to pull out songs to put in my best of 2017 playlist. I like to look at the track list. That's not always easy to do. And then, you know, what we do is we end up listening to a bunch of albums and, you know, there's kind of an unspoken competition there still where it's like, oh, I wonder what Jake listened to. Oh, I wonder what... I've been trying to lay off I have too, big time. But still, it's like, oh, I wonder what they listened to. And then you see me sneak in a cloud nothings listen and you're like, well, what the fuck? See,
0: and to my point of laying off that, I didn't even know yet. Right. Hadn't looked. So that that stuff kind of happens and then... Here's one thing for me that happens. I listen at work a lot and... I've gotten used to having a Spotify window open Mm. and I can hit pause when I want to. And so if I leave Spotify open while I have a stream going, if I hit pause, Spotify yes. starts playing. yeah, and it's two things. And yeah. what's happening, the only reason I pause is like my boss came to ask me a question. Right. Or someone else tried to ask me something about, you know, work-related. So I tried to pause the music, but I forgot it was playing in a browser. And so now I have to pause Spotify. I have to go back to the yes. browser, find the tab, pause it there. Yeah. And so I look like I'm like yes. frantically...
1: Like you're closing out of like a hundred different porn tabs. Right, yeah. Like, work. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, uh... And so it becomes a little stressful. Now, uh, I understand that that's very much a privileged problem <laughs> yeah, to have. Yeah, it
1: was... Because everyone else is like, what the fuck are you guys talking yeah, about? what do you Having mean? music early is awesome.
0: Who cares if it's not, like, on your terms? <laughs> right. But... I can't help it. I want to listen early, and I feel obliged. I do, too. Because, like with Japan Droids, we're going to talk about that some tonight. If we waited for the release date, we'd have nothing we'd to have say. We'd have to wait another week. Right. We'd yeah. have nothing to say. Right. And so I always feel like because we got to try to be in the know a little bit so that we can at least have talking points, I want to listen as soon as it comes out, because I don't want to be way behind the
1: curve. I think it inhibits my enjoyment. Oh, it I does things. for me, too. It, does for it me inhibits too. enjoyment, and for that reason, and that reason alone is enough for me to not like them as much.
0: Because also, I'm not always ready. Like, if I have a a date in mind where something's coming out, I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I can, I know I have until then to get into it. Yep. Like, we've been both actually in a big Guided by Voices kick lately. And I've been enjoying some of that. That's just older music. That's from the 90s. Yep. I've been enjoying cycling through those albums. It's just pure leisure listening, which is when I get my most enjoyment. And then I see it's like six new albums are streaming early. Well, I wasn't
1: mentally prepared for that. Right.
0: Now I got to go listen. And it does come down it comes down to preparedness. I just gotta be yeah. ready. gotta be more mentally nimble. I guess about so. About that stuff.
1: But hot thought, yes or no, if you had the chance to eliminate early album streams, would you do it? Oh, man. Do you have an easy answer? Uh n- no for fun I'm going to say yes I'll eliminate them.
0: All right. I'm going to say no because I still like again in theory like them. I just think they've become too much the norm. They have become the norm. It used to be it used to be a little treat when you're like oh this is streaming early. Now it's yeah. literally every album. I think for most in most cases it's like or at least it used to be when people would stream early. It was like they wanted to counteract leaks. Yeah, but leaks yeah. aren't really a thing. No. they're a thing, but it's not
1: a thing where people really use them. No.
0: anymore because it's like we have you can stream anything at your fingertips I, I, at all. I times. think it's
1: being used now as a tool of like promotion, where it's like, yeah. I'm going to give people a chance to listen to this. If they find out they like it, they're going to be more likely to buy it, and will boost those first week album sales or streams.
0: As it's a more and more used uh, sort of. Um, promotional tactic though I feel like it's going to have diminishing returns it'll become more and more just the norm yeah because it it's be, again it feels like now the release date's just a week before the release date yeah and so if you listen to music a lot if you're someone who's likely to be buying albums I already kind of know that yeah and I have that in mind that it, it, it doesn't like I guess I'd be more likely to buy it but I would just probably buy it a week later anyway right. if I
1: really like it right so I yeah it's um, it's interesting speaking of albums that you bought um, yeah, I actually just pre-ordered this album. Mm. Father John Misty released, or re- well, released a new song, announced a new album coming out on April seventh, entitled "Pure Comedy." That's the name of the single that was released as well. Yeah, uh, hot thoughts about new Father John Misty. This is something we've been very excited for.
0: Yeah, my hot thought is that I am getting a sense that I'm more into it than most people. This song, I think. I don't know if people like it as much as I seem to cuz I've really really loved this song. I've been listening kind of on repeat the last couple days. And talking to you earlier, it feels like you like it, maybe don't, you're not like head over heels. I don't
1: yeah, know. Yeah, um I I do like this song. I think as a song, it's just, you know, it's decent, it's good. If you take the lyrics and the message behind it and the Father Joan Misty charm, it elevates it to like, yeah, this is this is really good. Yeah. Um I think we're going to get better songs on the rest of the album than this. I think this is a great thesis statement to kick off the album, because it is the first track on the album. And I think it's a great thesis statement to kind of introduce us to this idea of pure comedy and what Father John Misty's getting at with this album and project.
0: See, and this is the vibe I'm getting off of most writers and most people who listen to it. I think people are like, he's back. This song is like what the album's going to be about. It looks like he's taking on a lot of topics. And it's like people are like, I think a lot of people are missing how good a song this is. I love it. I think that he's doing really, really interesting things with the instrumentation on it, and like the way it crescendos, and the, all the different layers he has in there of like horns and strings, the way it builds, and what he's doing with his voice later in the song when it builds up, um, and there's this cool part at the end where, because the whole song is basically like almost human history, yeah. viewed through Josh Tillman's cynical brain. Yep where he talks about the, the beginning, the comedy of man starts with like the birth of a baby and we're, our heads were, were half formed and, and it's just about how you're raised and stuff and how you're reared by people who like don't fully understand life themselves. And at the very end, he says like, I hate to say it, but to, but each other's all we've got. And he does this cool thing where it the, just drops down to piano and, and him singing and they never resolve the chord progression. They leave it on this like, the, this like minor sort of like chord, and it never resolves back to just like the home chord, like where it, mm. where it starts off. And so you, when he says to each other's all we've got, I feel like that's going to be an amazing way to start the album because you just like zip down to nothing, and it's yeah. like this almost wind sound under him, yeah. and he sings. I feel like that's going to be an amazing way to start the album. I think this song's pretty genius.
1: I I think from a lyrical standpoint. It is, too. I think we're going to get a lot of this same type of messaging on the rest of the album. Um, so the other thing that accompany, accompanied this announcement was yeah. an 1,800-word kind of letter about Diatribe. what this uh, what this album's about. And then a short film, a 25-minute short film with some snippets of other songs, some imagery of a black-and-white burning L.A. It was cool. A- along with uh, Josh... Tillman in the studio with some different uh, musicians and, and things happening there. Really, really cool short film. Um, I, I think it's interesting that the whole idea of the album is someone looking down at Earth. Yeah. And it's like this 75-minute journey from space to the surface of Earth. And, like, the whole 75 minutes is the album he explaining, said, like, what's going on. Yeah,
0: and in the letter he said, imagine... Basically, for the entire thing descending at a rate that would get you to Earth at the end of the album, mm-hmm.
1: basically, like you're
0: in space looking at the the world, it's it's interesting and it definitely feels like Father John is moving towards, like, much broader conceptual territory. Um, and I, so this is something where I'm curious. Uh, I wonder how this is going to be received because again, I heard this and I've been listening a lot. I really love the song. I don't feel the love in the com- in the community as much. It's like people were like. Yeah. People, writers were tweeting like, oh, Father John's back. Felt like some people were throwing stones a little bit at him, calling him a little too self important, yeah. maybe making fun of him a little bit. I think some people really liked it, but I don't know. I'm going to be curious where, you know, this has, you know, obviously you go one of two ways. This could be a masterpiece, 75 minute masterpiece, or it could be what now seems more likely maybe he bit off more than you can chew in a lot of people's eyes in an hour, 15 minute album is going to be too much pomp and circumstance for Father John.
1: Yeah, I'm worried about that too. We'll see how that ends up. I agree with you that it seems like there wasn't a lot of overwhelming positivity about this song, which is disappointing to see. I can't say I'm surprised because, honestly, I don't have the overwhelming positivity that you do either. It's more of like a, yeah, all right, like, I like the direction Let's see what else comes of this.
0: It it was a slightly chilly reception and for me it was shocking because I was at I was at work and I was looking through all the stuff, I listened to the song, I watched some of the film, I read the letter and I was like, All right, I'm ready to go. Like I'm excited, I'm pumped for this Father John album. And I was like I decided to look through Twitter. I didn't really see I was like, people are gonna be losing their minds. Yeah, no one no, really was. No. The only
1: things I saw were like people sneaky making fun of him, like you said, for how pretentious it all is. And I can totally see that with him. I love Father John Misty. He's one of my favorite contemporary artists, one of my favorite people making music, music, right? Music, right now, right now, right now. But I can see why a lot of people think he's self important and pretentious. And I think you're going to get a lot of takes like that once this album comes out. There's going to be a lot of snickers and, and laughing and pointing fingers at him and be like, oh, look at what this guy's up to, yeah. you know? And white I'm, privilege on display right here. And I get it, because
0: it's like, oh, if you're really such a nihilist who thinks the world is so fucked, Josh Tillman, then why are you recording this whole, this insanely long album about these issues? Like, what do you care? If really there's no saving the world, if we're all just, like, too messed up in the end. So, I, yeah, I can see it. And I, I mean, I think some he just rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. I... I... I mean, saying I get him sounds really pretentious. I really like him.
1: Right. I like his style. Based on what we heard, what the, the snippets that we heard in that uh short film though, I, I I'm not worried about if this album's gonna be good. I think it's no. gonna be good. I, I think based on pure comedy, based on some of the other stuff we heard, I, I think we're we're on track here with what is going to end up being one of the better albums of the year.
0: It feels like he's, again, taking a leap in a few directions. I think musically, he's broadening his scope significantly. Um, The other day, I went back and listened to I Love You, Honey Bear and Fear Fun. And the trajectory there is already, he moves from Fear Fun, which is like, there's not a ton going on instrumentally. It's more or less straight-ahead rock and some rootsier stuff, like a little bit of country influence, a little bit of blues. And then Honey Bear, musically, he moves on to like, more and more i feel like he's getting grander as he goes Mm. and this one's going to be i think pretty lush
1: yeah it it sounds like he had like a full orchestra in the studio yeah based on the the film and like
0: a gospel choir yeah yeah um and again that's something where musically to go along with lyrically it's like will he fly too close to the sun with it is i think the biggest concern is it too much bombast
1: It remains to be seen, I guess. No,
0: right, exactly. I think that's all I'm left with. It's like my lingering thought is like, I love this, I'm excited, but 75 minutes, orchestras and choirs, like seemingly a very high concept idea Mm. for an album. Uh, Will it all pan out? And how will people receive it? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. see Either
1: way, I'm excited, though. It's still one of my most anticipated albums of the year. No doubt. Uh, Let's move into our main discussion for the episode, which is about... The New Japan Droids album, near to the wild heart of life. As we mentioned, this was streaming early on NPR this week, so we had a chance to give this a, a good amount of listens. And um, what are your initial thoughts on this, Jake? Because I know we touched upon this last week. I yeah. think we were both a little lukewarm on what we were getting from Japan Droids. How, has that changed at all? Um, I'm less lukewarm.
0: <laughs> I, I'm less lukewarm on it. I listened a couple times today uh and you know I think what I've decided with with this album is it's like i'm not gonna n i'm not gonna dislike it when I listen to it it's it's good enough I like a lot of the songs um does it reach the heights that I think Japan droids theoretically should is it as energized and as- like propulsive and like fist pumping as as you'd want Japan droids to be for me it's not it feels like a band trying to do that that doesn't have it in them the same way anymore. Um, I think in some spots the songs are there, uh, but I think, I mean, like, I think in others, there's just some not so exciting tracks. Like, I, honestly, No Known Drink or Drug, which is one of the standout tracks, I think, for a lot of people, I like it, I don't love it, I don't think it's that great a song, and some, you know, music writers are all about that, like, piling on on the No yeah, Known Drink or I've Drug that. bandwagon, um, and it's fine, but for me, uh, and I don't know if you disagree, but, uh... One of my favorite songs has been Arc of Bar, which is that long song in the middle. It's like seven minutes. It's it's more drawn out. And I kind of like it because they're embracing... It feels like they're they're being more honest with the kind of stuff they maybe want to hmm. write. Where I don't know... I, I don't know if I get the feeling their heart is still in... You know what's interesting? The totally straight-ahead thing.
1: I get the... And I'll get into kind of my take overall on this album in a second. But I want to touch on Arc of Bar. That song... I think is a miss on this album. You do. I've seen people loving that song too. And maybe I'm just missing it. This isn't what I want from Japan Droids. I don't want this like drawn out, synthy, Dylan-esque song from them. I don't think that's what they do well. I think they do a good enough job with it where the song's like fine. It's like, yeah, it's enjoyable. It's not my favorite Japan Droids thing though. Like no, I haven't loved Ark of Bar I'm kind of with you on No Known Drink or Drug. I've seen so many people raving about the end of this song and how, ooh, this is classic Japan droids. It's like, no, it doesn't reach the heights of anything on Celebration Rock, and it left me feeling a little bit hollow. That being said, which sounds really, really negative, um, overall, I started off lukewarm on this album. I've come around, and I've turned warmer to it. I think this is good. I think it's a good album. I don't want that to get lost at all. I think this is a good album. I think this is a good output, solid output from Japan Droids. I think it's a nearly impossible task to follow up something like Celebration Rock after five years. All the hype, all the legendary status that has now surrounded that album. I think it's really, really hard to come and live up to that. I think they did a good job of not trying to recreate Celebration Rock. I think they took some of the elements of Celebration Rock and injected that into here... But then put a different twist on it. They introduce some new instrumentation, some new sounds, um, and it it seems to be, I I think subject wise, a lot more about like love and you know like settling down almost, and or looking at that God in some places. There's I actually li- didn't. I didn't get that l- lyrics about Jesus and
0: stuff. I I didn't pick up on that actually. There's a lyric about Jesus Christ. I don't remember what it is. He references Christ in a couple spots. Um, So this is an interesting thought I just had. I wonder if... So I think we've made it clear that between the two of us, you're the bigger Japan Droids fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's not like Ark of Bar. I wonder if my reception to it versus yours is like, maybe do you think you have more stock... In what that what their sound is, and what you in your mind it should be, and what it's represented to you. Where for me, I've been a little bit more casual a fan of them, and so for, I'm like, oh, Bart like they're trying a new thing. I kind I kind of like this different sound, and I, like for me, that song is one of their most melodic, and I really like sort of the the subtle. I don't know if it's female vocalists in the background singing under them. Is it the yeah? There's that, but then under that, there's another melody that's like, da, 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 it's like doing stuff oh, okay. under it. Yeah. It's like a little background vocal. Yeah. I really like that. I think it's like a nice touch. It just feels like the. It feels like Japan droids to me at their most purely melodic. And maybe it's just because for me, I'm like, I'm not so tied into the idea of like Japan droids is this like, we get you know raise your fists and like go fly through life. Now that you've listened to Japan droids thing, I don't yeah. know. What do you think of that?
1: Uh, I think there's something to it. I think I think that's probably part of the way I'm feeling about Ark of Bar. But when you look at some of the other huge Japan droids fans on Twitter, they're also all about Ark of Bar. And Interesting.
0: It, okay. That's so, I wasn't yeah, sure about that.
1: You know, I don't know if that holds up with other fans. I think for me that's definitely part of it where it's like, just you know, I want you to do more of what you do best. And I think they purposefully shirked that off a little bit and it ends up i don't know it ends up maybe not being the most genuine with the song like Ark of bar where it's like this feels a little out of place like i don't i don't know like yeah i, I really appreciate the effort and i appreciate they're trying to do different things and it is good it's a fine song it's just they can make better ones and i've heard better ones i
0: also think for me one issue about it where i'm not going to ever be totally all about this record is like the production it feels more sheen.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It feels yeah. cleaner. Let's talk. And like about, if, you, yeah. if
0: you're on a song like Northeast Southwest, for example, a fine song, but the the production on it is so clean. It has that really shimmery, bright acoustic guitar yeah. the whole time, and it's that's a song where, and I think Japan Droids converge towards this lyrically from time to time. I mean, for me, it's it's almost a little cute. It's a little. Sh- that's why,
1: al- and that, and honestly, that's it's a one little of, bit schmaltz. That's one of my favorite songs on the album. Right. I think Northeast South Southwest. That's my second favorite on this album. It's super catchy. I love that song. I'm like, this is Japan Droid. This is what I want from Japan Droid. To me,
0: it doesn't sound that much like their old stuff though. This is that- no.
1: To me, Northeast Southwest is what makes sense as that next step for okay. them to take, rather than Arc of Bar does. I'm like, you're doing the same. Japan droids things that I like with a little bit of extra stuff. See, for me, with that song, what it's
0: been is I can't get past the production. It feels so. It almost feels sterile to Interesting. me. That song. It you doesn't feel like because what I loved about them, you know, with their, with Celebration Rock, is I loved how raw the recording was. Yeah, I loved how like it just felt like almost live, and a song like that seems very, very carefully produced to me. I mean, I, again,
1: you, you there's know, nothing
0: wrong with it. Again, it's a catchy song, and I think some of the lyrics are pretty cool. But.
1: I feel that way about Near to the Wild Heart of Life. I think... Oh, do you? Yeah, when I first heard that single, I was like, yeah, this is good. This is like, Japan droids are back. There's something a little off about it, and I think I finally settled on it's the production with this. Okay. You need to play it way too loud to get any sort of like real feeling from it i have to like crank it and even then i'm like this is still a little hollow like the that like riff at the beginning should bite harder than it does yeah and the whole and like the line like um i used to be good but now i'm bad like rings a little hollow for me it's like that should be hitting home really hard you should be like fuck yeah right it's a little lame like japan droids lyrics sometimes are yeah but not in the way that's like cool. It's in the way it's like that was a little bit of a maybe a misfire. And
0: I feel that way about a lot of the lyrics on here where again, again on that song, which I do like, but like and maybe I've had a harder time getting over this than you have with Japan Droids, but a lyric like, and it got me all fired up. That's a good, open, I'm yeah. I just for me I'm like uh, that's so on the nose to me. It got me all fired up. It's like that's not even like a cool <laughs> phrase to say. Oh, I'm fired up right now. Again like Japan Droids is doing cooler shit than I probably ever will, so that it that that rings really lame for me to be like, oh, like that lyric is a touch on the nose, but if we're criticizing, that's why maybe it doesn't do it for me. It's stuff like that. They're, to me Japan Droids, and it was there on Celebration Rock, but I, but less. I think lyrically they were more inspired there. What's always I think been a slight detractor for me is that little bit of an inclination they have towards corny.
1: Yeah, it's I just, think that's what a lot of people like, and that's what I like, right. and that's what I love about celebration rock is some of the corny lines, like on the night of wine and roses. Like, yeah, and it's like, and we're still drinking. Yeah, right. And like, it's like, okay, yeah, like I can that get to down me is with more this. Genuine. That's like exactly. Then it yeah. got me
0: all fired up. Yeah. Or like, I used to be good and now I'm bad. Right. That sounds like a Bon Jovi lyric. Yeah. Like, yeah. and we're still drinking. That's just genuine. That's honesty to me. Yeah. That's not necessarily like. I don't know There's a it feels like artifice to me that f- the first song the lyrics in there.
1: The, yeah, I know it's it's like trying a little too hard almost It for almost them.
0: it feels like they again with near to the wild heart of life like they were like what are the components of Japan droids? Now it's recreated the from formula? the bottom up. Yeah. And one is lyrics that get people all fired up <laughs> right. and you know make them feel bad when they're usually good. <laughs> now it's throw that in the chorus, slap some slightly distorted guitars on there. Here's one thing I'll say. Love the way the singer pronounces Southern instead of Southern. Have yeah, you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it, uh, I think, I think on Northeast, Southwest. started
1: work on this song in the Southern States. In the Southern States. There's yeah. one
0: other song where he says it, too. Yep. Um, what are the redeeming things about it for you? Because okay. you said you've, it's grown Yes,
1: on me. it's grown to me big time. I love Northeast, Southwest. I think this is a great song about being on the road and being in a bunch of different places. Because a lot of the storyline about this album was about how... They were traveling from Mexico City to Toronto to Vancouver. I really love the line about, I'm saving Vancouver for a rainy day. Because for him, he didn't get to go back to Vancouver very much. Um, and like I think that holds a special place for them now to go back there. And I really like that line. Um, there's a lot, I, I like the lyrics in that one a lot. I think it has a great melody, great chorus on it. I think track three, true love and a free life of free will, is the best far and away the best song on here Really, it is one of the better Japan Droid songs I've ever heard actually mm. I love this song I think the melodies are there I think it goes in that direction of talking about love and kind of new subject matter than what they were talking about before because the other storyline with this is Brian King the lead singer has kind of settled down he has a steady girlfriend who he clearly loves and um, there's, there's some of the you know some of the corny lyrics on there but I love that song. I think it's epic. I think it has a great melody. I think it like moves you in a way that a lot of the best Japandroid songs move you. Um, that is a big-time highlight for me. The fourth track, I'm Sorry for Not Finding You Sooner, that was one where, where I was like, when I, the first couple times I heard it, I was like, what's what even is this song? Right. That one has grown to me a lot. I think that song is actually really cool. Arc of Bar is good. It's a good right. song. I just like other Japan Droid songs better. Um, In a Body Like a Grave, nice closer. It's not, you know, it's not continuous thunder, but... Right, I think
0: they're going for a similar thing, though.
1: Yeah, but it's still good. It's good in a different way. It's just not as good. And you know what? I'm with you on No Known Drink or Drug. I was actually listening to this song right before we recorded. I did have a couple beers... And I listened to this, it did hit me in a new way for the first time ever. I think a song like that, you really, really need to hear it in the right context, which I don't know that either of us have truly heard yet. I'm I'm going to hold out judgment completely on that song until, and on this album really, until we can hear it in different contexts besides like the the sterile listening environment that we've kind of had for the past week. I think um, that's fair. I think there's a lot, a lot of good stuff on here. It just doesn't reach the highs of Celebration Rock to me,
0: right? And I actually, so I had to just look up the lyrics to True Love and F- a Free Life of Free Will because um, I think I'm still at the point where I'm looking at the track list and I'm like, I can't recall which one it is. But I looked it up and I that you're right, that is one of the better songs on there uh, for me. I mean, even first listen in Ark of Bar was was a highlight. Um, I still like Near to the Wild Heart of Life. I just I I you know I do like that song. I like Northeast Southwest Fine. I think for me. More the takeaway, at least at this point, is like there's no tracks I actively dislike. No, no. Yeah, As I'm listening no. through, them, am like, this is just it's serviceable rock music. I I like it, but I will say once you know this week passes, next week passes, I just don't think I'm going to be that compelled to keep listening.
1: Okay, see, I think I think that's the difference. And this is my being a probably a bigger Japan Droids fan Shining coming through. out is I'm just going to keep listening to this no matter what because. Right. Like I'm it's gonna I know what's gonna happen with this. It's gonna be an album I just make myself like more than maybe I should just because it's Japan droids,
0: right. And I'm not gonna put in that effort right I because I I again, I like it, but I know I'm gonna like a, a lot of albums a lot more. yeah, this year. So um, yeah, my overall take is it's worth listening to. if you're as big a Japan droids fan as Sean, you definitely definitely you should listen to it when it comes out. do
1: you do you have a favorite song Clear in away? Mine's Ark of Bar. Ark of Bar.
0: Okay. Yeah, Mine's Ark of Bar. I think it it's um and then I think actually I would maybe go with uh True Love and A Free Life of Free Will. Okay. Their songs can be such a mouthful. I know. Um because and, and the reason I didn't call that one out is I forgot which one it was. Yeah. Because I've listened a fair amount now, but I I'm so I don't really look at the track list when I'm at yeah. work. And so I kind of forget which of those are which. That
1: song's immediately as soon as this is on Spotify tomorrow is going in my best song is of 2017 has a really good chorus it does the all
0: lifelong thing yeah has a really good chorus yeah
1: that song is going to last throughout the year that's that's a great track Um, Um,
0: I feel like the album I mean again In a Body Like a Grave is fine Midnight to Morning Midnight
1: to Morning is a little forgettable it is forgettable in
0: that I can't totally recall it right now Um, I think it has kind of a weak back half you could argue Unless you love no Known drinker that's the drug. thing,
1: though. I, I think like what I've been hearing is a lot of people being like, uh, they're all about Ark of Bar, they're all about no Known drinker So drug. I like Ark of Bar, and I've been hearing a lot of love for In a Body Like a Grave too. So I don't love it; I like it as an image. My, fa- my favorite part of this album is tracks two, three, and four. Right. Yeah. It's that like middle. Yeah. So, so
0: I think that it's safe to say, regardless of how much you'll end up listening to it and maybe making
1: yourself like it. Um It's this is a little bit of a letdown. I think we expected a little bit more. I think we both did in our over under album review yeah. for the year. We had Pitchfork giving this over an eight point two. You you had the over. I had the over. I took the under because I thought I,
0: that was the safest lock of all. I time.
1: was hedging against a uh, against this exact situation, and you got it. I got the under. It was a seven point one, which seems very low, and even for the... Like I. I personally think this is a Pitchfork 7.7 album. That's probably a... I would give this maybe like a 7.8, 7.9 myself right Right. right now. I think it will probably end up being like an 8 or something like that. But.
0: Pitchfork also gave Cloud Nothings a 7 today out of 10, just yeah. a plain 7. If we had set that number earlier, in the, if, say we made that an over-under, what do you think we would have set it at? I
1: think we would have put it in the 8s. No, I think I would have put it at like 7-7 seven, seven for Why? the over-under. They've
0: they, never given any indication that that is how they...
1: Yeah, they last album I think they only gave like a 7-8 or something. and uh, Here and Nowhere Else? Yeah. No, it got a Best New Music. Did it really? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. It got like a great review. Interesting. I could have swore that got less than a best new music, but yeah,
0: I'm gonna look it up. Hold on.
1: And also, just the way that Pitchfork's been handling rock music for the past year or two just doesn't. That's true. Doesn't strike me. Eight as...
0: seven best new music
1: for here nor else. Yeah. Wow.
0: It was better than the previous Holy album. Holy
1: shit! Better than Attack on Memory?
0: Yes, I'm pretty sure. Wow. I mean, I have to look, but uh, let me, let me, let me, I can pull it up really quick. That's Attack, interesting. Attack on Memory got an eight point six. So wow. that's why... I mean, I feel like we should have... If we were, like, being objective, I would have put the number at,
1: like, probably 8-4. Oh, okay, And yeah. been comfortable. I, I was thinking of something else then. Got a um, straight-up 7. Yeah, that seems low
0: um, And so this has me actually now feeling somewhat comfortable, although with over-unders, I'll probably just get fucked because I always lose them. But with Father John Misty, at, I thought I had the over. I actually have the under. So I, I think the concern with the over now is, like, after they didn't give that new song a best new track... Is that also going to be something that comes in under?
1: It could, it could. Who knows? It could be. I, I. We set
0: that one higher. We set that one at 8.5.
1: We did. I'm I starting to get a sneaking feeling with this year that the big albums that we thought were going to hit and be really, really good, we're just going to get kind of disappointed. Like, Don't be surprised when Arcade Fire, Vampire Weekend, The National, some of those bands just come out with things that don't get received all that great. And
0: the thing is, is like, I'm going to try my best... And I want the listeners should know I'm not going to allow the reception to completely paint my because for example like I like Cloud Nothings way better than I think or at least I think I'm going to like it better than a seven based on my first listen today. There were four or five songs where I was actually kind of excited about what yeah. was going on. There were some I guess that were lackluster, but um, yeah, I, I agree. It seems like the reception towards rock music is going to trend uh, negative or like more towards yeah. middling.
1: But uh, is th- that because these albums? aren't bringing it though that's the thing
0: it could be I mean I think Japan droids. to me that's the case Um, but again it's hard with album reviews a lot of it's so like political a lot of it is like trying to be a tastemaker right Pitchfork is I think notorious for that where they will you know they'll give great reviews to I think Anony was one last year where we talked about it, um, where we, you know, we didn't love that album musically. Right. And they they gave it an amazing review. She's got a new
1: EP coming out this this April, so mark your calendar. You gonna listen? Fuck no. You're not gonna listen? No, I'm not touching that. Uh, am I...
0: I might give it a I'm not, spin. That goes against
1: my New Year's resolution of listening to things that like you just bring me to. enjoyment. That will that I'm not gonna like that. I already know. Right. I, that's so. Like for example, Ty Siegel just came out with a new album. It got like an eight on Pitchfork. Yeah, it's getting it's a, decent reviews. I know I'm not a Ty Siegel guy. I'm see, not seeking that out. I'm not listening.
0: To and it. he's not on Spotify, so it's a pain in the. I'm ass not. I'm not going to go get yeah. it. So. Yeah, I listened to that last when he came out last
1: year. Plus, Ty comes
0: out with an album like every year, every three months. Yeah, he, he's like just a, he's like a guided by voices of today,
1: except not nearly as prolific. Right. And I'm not as interested in listening. To right. Them. So, one last thing about Japan Droids before yep. we finish off with our Mount Rushmore, I think one of the emotions that hit me with this album and and still is kind of there with it is actually sadness, yeah. um, because. I think a lot back to Celebration Rock and the place in my life and the situations that I was listening to that in. It was one of the best summers of my life, spending time with friends, outside, at the lake, like on vacation, doing just typical fun summer stuff that you would associate an album like Celebration Rock with, it was the prime soundtrack for all of those activities something like near to the wild heart of life, I think for other people will end up having the same effect on them. It's a good point. I'm not in the point of my life anymore where this album is going to be the soundtrack to that. Yeah. And that makes me sad actually. It's a fair point. I and, and that's that's for a lot of different reasons. We're older, you know, we can't necessarily do the things that we had the freedom to do like that anymore. I mean, if we took a summer vacation we could. It's still it'd be different because it, it like would be different. It, it would feel forced to be like oh I'm gonna put on this Japan Droids record that most people don't want to listen to right. and like people can't wait to turn it off like it's well it I wouldn't think, be the same I
0: think tellingly this isn't the same kind of album either like your experience wouldn't be the same right I don't think there's gonna be I think that even if you're our age then now. I don't know that this would be that album for you. I think, you'd I think find it something might. different.
1: I think it might. I don't. I can't imagine. I think fun- there's definitely certain songs on here that would be.
0: I just think that there's too many lulls where on Celebration Rock there weren't that many. I,
1: you, okay, I think you're right. Celebration Rock is unique in that, like front to back, you can just l- play that all the way through and right. it's nonstop. This, I think, would be more of like, a, I'm gonna pick out three or four songs from it, and it's gonna be on like a play, like a party playlist keep that gets mind, played a lot. Keep
0: in mind that. For us, th- the reason we listen to Japan Droids is because Celebration Rock was important to us. Like, if you're an upcoming music fan now, say maybe you missed the wave of Japan Droids hype, maybe you're just not interested based on the reviews, and ba- you're probably like, "Oh, that like that's a band I'm I'm just not." But
1: that's the thing about this though. Interested. This is getting rave reviews from certain people. Yeah. The the reaction people. to this has been kind of split it from has. critics and fans. It has like a 79 on Metacritic right now, which is not bad. Celebration Rock had an 83, and Post Nothing had an 82. So this technically is their worst reviewed album right now.
0: I, I guess I'm just skeptical that it could it could live up to, to the heights of an album like that for anyone. Yeah. I don't know that it's, it's the same type of, of, of the, record. Because like you said, they're slowing down. They're older yeah. guys. There's that energy there still, but it's in smaller bursts. It's in more contained ways. And there's then there's reflection. There's songs like Ark of Bar. There's songs like... Uh, I don't know Body Like a Grave they're like, or or that song what's the song uh, right before
1: Arch- I'm sorry for not finding you soon yeah
0: sounds like that where it's a little more at least it seems contemplative a little more yeah. You know, drawn. it's less just like uncontained energy Yeah. I think that's what Celebration Rock had going for it in terms of that for me that's another part of another layer to that little bit of melancholy that the yeah. album brings
1: so overall I was just kind of sad because I, I was like wait so much of my love for celebration rock is tied to nostalgia right. and and a time and place and this isn't gonna do that and I think I got sad in a bigger way because I was like am I gonna get that type of thing with any other album ever it's it's gonna be different like I'm gonna have experiences that are soundtracked by certain things and I think you know blonde by Frank ocean and 22 a million this fall and albums like that. We're an example of that, but it's it's dialed back. It's more relaxed. Yeah, and those are going to be the ones maybe at this point in our life that we look back on and be like, oh, that was at this point. I don't think it's going to be like a a balls to the wall Japan droids kind of thing. I just hope it, I can continue to have experiences with new albums that come out with like groups of people where we all are just kind of like, yeah, that that was. A thing,
0: right. Well, and I think that that ultimately is like the hardest part for a band like this when you're doing a comeback record, um, is that you're in a different place as the artist. Yeah. and your fans are all in a different place. yeah. And especially if you're a band like Japan droids, where the the feel of them is a little bit lightning in a bottle. It's a little bit like they kind of struck while the while the iron was hot. Their story was good. The whole thing about how they almost quit, they almost yeah. gave up. That A lot of that stuff was sort of the perfect confluence and you remove it five years You're in a different place as artists, your fans are in different places as people That's what's so tough about the comeback album in my opinion Yeah, that's true. Five years is a long time It is It's a long time in the music world I think this might, you know what, and here's one positive note This might be an album where with decades of retrospective um, It might be something where out of the context of this moment it might be able to be appreciated more. Yeah. Because I feel like there are albums by artists, like if you look back to the 60s or 70s, To I mean, say Dylan is probably a good example. Desire. Yeah, maybe I'm like Desire. Like I'm sure at the time people were like, this isn't the Dylan I love, this right. isn't the Dylan I grew up with. Yeah. But you listen in 2000 and you're a fan like us where we didn't grow up with it, we don't right. care, we don't out of context. context, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. That's a great album. Yeah. You know, maybe that could be the experience with something like that. So, That's a good point.
1: That's a good And, you know, I think... There's a tendency for us or for people who talk about music to categorize it right away and to to put a storyline around it. And I think we're doing that right now to an we extent, are. which isn't totally fair to this album. I feel like maybe a lot of listeners are like, well, you're already writing it off right now, which yeah. isn't fair. And it, you're right, it's not fair. And I don't want people to get the sense that I don't like this album because I do. I'm going to keep listening. But there there's that that twinge of sadness about it. and. You know, I'm thinking about going going to see them next month too, and I am it's not I already know it can't live up to that first time I saw them, which sucks. And that makes me sad just knowing that. Like yeah. no matter what, no matter what mindset I go into with it, it's not gonna be the same and it's gonna maybe feel a little bit forced in some ways and, and I, I don't know. And it's... again,
0: that just comes back to the point of like they're in a different place. Yeah. So are you. You were a, a younger concert goer at the time, had been to fewer shows and they probably blew your mind. Yeah, I bet for some people who were older there, they might have they might have had a different perspective on that concert. They might have been like, "Yeah, it was good. Right, it was a good rock show." But I think there was the again the perfect confluence of things where you were younger, you were loving this band, and they put on this high energy rock yeah. show, and you were like, "This I've never seen anything like this."
1: Right, it's, that's true.
0: And even if they did it again now, because of the way our brains work, it, we'll just see it as. I mean, I wasn't at the first show, but you might see it as just, like, they're just putting on that energy. It's, it yeah. can't match up to, like, I know that's not really where they're at. That something feels disingenuous.
1: Is this something that just happens as you get older? Like, it, it, can you not enjoy things as much as you get older? Is it just like, well, I'm, I, you know, it's not what it was when I was 18, 19 years old, so it's, it can't be as good. Like, is this why people, when they get older, don't listen to new music or don't like it as much? And they always revert back to what they... Listened to when they were kids. I think it's. A are part. we starting to experience this? Because it's uh, really fucking scary.
0: Uh, I don't know that it, it's not going to make me stop listening to the new stuff. But no, I,
1: but are you going to enjoy it less? Maybe. I don't like that. that. I don't scares the shit out of me.
0: I don't know if you can enjoy anything as innocently as you did when you were younger, because as you move through life, anything, any new thing you're taking in is not a new thing anymore. As soon as you've experienced it, as soon as you've experienced Celebration Rock, that album's not new to you anymore and an album that's similar to it. Like there will be albums like Celebration Rock that'll blow kids' minds yeah. in 5 years. They probably won't blow your mind. Right. And it's the same with like any experience because as you go through life, you've experienced more things. So you have more things to draw on and I mean this is getting pretty it doesn't mean it even need to be dark. I just feel like it,
1: it's kind of a fact of life. Things get less exciting, I feel like. So that's a bummer. But I, when we're like thirty-one, yeah, and we're looking back at the music we were listening to when we were twenty-four, it, are we actually gonna like the music that we're listening to now more when we're thirty-one because it was music that's like older and we have that nostalgia tied yeah. to it? I think we will. Like I, think, I, I like Celebration Rock more now than I actually did when I was listening to it.
0: Yeah, because it's tied into a memory. Right, it's tied into a feeling. And, and and I think that the natural thing about nostalgia is you you want to be able to feel it again um, no matter what the feeling is that you tie to it. Uh, and I assume there are some albums where they're tied to sad things where you don't want to experience it again. But yeah, I mean, I think to me, nostalgia is a huge thing with music because you hear all the time people who grew up in the 60s and 70s and stuff and they'll be like, you know, music is just, it's not the same. It's right. not as good. And if you're younger and you're listening to new music, they don't they don't get it. Like, they, right. obviously, they're not listening. They can't experience it the same right. way. Yeah. It's different for them. And also, rock music, rap, hip-hop, you know, most of what we listen to, it's kind of a young man's game. Yeah, It's kind of, I mean, it's not only, but a lot of where the most exciting stuff comes from is from or at least what the press writes about and the the buzz bands out there are kids. Right. I mean, how crazy is it to think when Arctic Monkeys put out their first album that blew the, take, took the world by storm, Alex Turner was 18. Yeah. That's a like that's someone who like I couldn't relate to now. I'm right. 24. Right. I couldn't talk to that Alex <laughs> Turner and probably relate to much stuff cuz right. he was younger than me now.
1: Yeah. It's, I still love that album. That's a great point. So are we going to have to wait 5 years for the Payoff of the albums we're listening to now? Like the true payoff of them?
0: It, I think it's hard to say. I mean, it, it depends what
1: age does to us. I mean, yeah. the thing is, I, I don't know that we can really predict. You know what's interesting? And this is kind of a preview of an episode we're going to do in like a month or so. We're going to do best albums of the decade so far. Yeah. Um, I started making my list or like nominating albums for it. And I was going back and I was looking through past years and past folders on Spotify where I had actually ranked albums like in order on in my folder and going back there's a lot of albums that I ranked really highly that wouldn't rank that highly there's albums that were much lower that would rank way higher yeah. because I have different emotional connections to them now and I think that makes sense there's a lot that to be said about time passing and the way that you enjoy music differently years later um, so it'll be interesting. I think we'll probably get more into that conversation hey, when we do that ranking.
0: When we're on Listen In Podcast episode 1,000, we'll be able to actually say <laughs> yeah, what that's right, so, that's right. So this is a time capsule. Yep. Stow this away. Yep. Uh, let's brighten the mood. Yeah, yeah. Touch. Let's yeah. move on to a segment um, that we've stolen whole cloth from Pardon My Take. Uh, <laughs> the segment is Mount Rushmore, which I guess you could argue they stole from like every sports show. all right, So today, um, the the Mount Rushmore... Segment I chose is 90s or early 2000s pop songs um, And the disclaimer I put on this is I eliminated bubblegum pop and like boy band pop So like no one sing, no Backstreet Boys not because I don't like them because I like them too much And my <laughs> list was too long. Yeah, um, so Sean Why don't you go first because you have a list that's narrowed down. Before, I have a
1: true Mount Rushmore I gotta I do, four. I'm, gonna, no, I'm gonna do some narrowing while you talk so for me my Mount Rushmore first one a little gin blossoms here for you. Found out about you. Mm. This song is one I got way into in the summer. I'll listen to this like four times in a row. This is just a great yeah. like adult alternative song. Gin blossoms. Found out about you. My next one, Third Eye Blind. Jumper. Wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Uh, you know, you nice cut little
0: ties with all the lies you've been living in.
1: That's right. Anti-suicide song. Kind of uh, uplift on a hundred. Um, Big ne- shout to ne- the next next blind. one. I have <laughs> Seal, "Kiss from a Rose." I love it. Oh, I love Made it. Made for the Batman soundtrack. I forget which Batman Forever, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't. It doesn't matter. Anyways, <laughs> this was on a Batman soundtrack. Ended up becoming a radio staple when we were kids. Got a bit of a a, a callback when your senior year of college we would do like power hours and in, in parties and we would throw this song on we'd all sing along to it what
0: happened was I got randomly way into this song for <laughs> yeah. no reason at all I don't know what happened I must have heard it and I was like that's an interesting song
1: Yeah, and I started playing it all the time and it, was, it started out as kind of a joke yeah. and then it turned into like this song bangs this-
0: <laughs> the song Fox <laughs> yeah. but we would go to like The bot, the Knot big shout to The Knot at UNH big friend of the pod yep. and uh, throw it on the the uh, the
1: jukebox everyone right. in the bar would sing a packed bar everyone's singing I'm what?
0: glad you picked it because it would have just made my list longer that's, yep. a, that's a good one that's a great one uh,
1: and then finally I have Hell yeah Three Doors Down Kryptonite yep, this awesome. song I have this very distinct memory of this song and this is one of my first moments of really loving music I was in third grade for some reason our teacher let us like play music over her lap or her like computer, like in the classroom. And I remember distinctly Kryptonite being one of the songs. I was always like, that song's awesome. Like yeah. I really like that song. Sounds Third grade jam. Sean loved that song. So Kryptonite makes the list for me.
0: Third grade Jake loved that song too. Alright, I got some cutting to do because I got a long list. Mm. So I'm gonna have to just make picks off the cuff. I'm gonna go with Sixth Avenue Heartache by Wallflowers is my first pick. Jacob Dylan and the Wallflowers. This is a catchy song with like a slide guitar riff. Is this the one that's like
1: come better? No, that's Come Dry Forever. That's no, not the lyrics. That's but... that's
0: one headlight.
1: Okay. This okay.
0: Sixth Avenue Heartache is where the same black line that was drawn on you was oh, okay, drawn okay, on okay. me. Okay. And it's drawn me. Here, that's Sixth Avenue Heartache. Uh, I'm gonna go with also Linger by the Cranberries. Uh this is a song that has grown me as time has gone on. It's just a really beautiful little ballad by the Cranberries that was a a big radio staple back in the day. Uh, Number three is a big nostalgia pick for me, Drops of Jupiter. By train. I legitimately still like this song. I loved it. Third grade, you talk about third grade, Sean. Yep. Third grade, Jake was all about this. My mom had this CD in our 1999 Nissan Quest six CD changer. She bought the album Drops of Ooh. Jupiter. And we had it. And I remember there was a song after it that I liked too. And I didn't know that that one wasn't a hit. Yeah. Like Drops of Jupiter was the hit. Right. But I would hear them both. Yeah. Um, anyways, and then I'm going to have to make a quick pick. Uh, I'm going to go with. Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Do you know? This I don't song? know if I know this song. You would know it if you heard it. It's the one that goes. Um, uh, it's like the lying naked on the. Oh floor. yes, that's awesome. Late, da, 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 that song. The reason being, at the end of this song, there's this incredible slide guitar like solo. It's really mm-hmm. just like three notes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I always love it. Um, so those are my 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 picks for for nineties. Adult alternative pop.
1: That these are all great picks. I would like want to listen to all of these right now.
0: I listened to most of them today when I was making my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so send us your Mount Rushmores of your favorite '90s to early 2000s adult alternative slash pop rock. Yes, so please. So think, think like Jim Blossoms. Think uh, in that vein, or you know, also like Dido and those yeah, types white of flag.
1: Those types of people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, get at us with that. Very nice. Yeah that probably wraps it up it uh, next week we'll probably what talk about maybe some of the, the new maybe we'll just do like a big hot thoughts about some of the new albums that are coming out maybe Cloud Nothing yeah. some some of the other ones I'm gonna are need coming to hot think about it what we're yeah do. yeah we'll figure it out but yeah we'll be back next week uh, talk to you then
0: thanks everybody Okay, we got this hot freaks. (laughs) Hot freaks.
1: (laughs) Uh, Got it by voices. Big shout, GBV, kicker of elves. Okay, so so you we we both had some stories for uh, yeah for the after show here. Little story, story time. You want to do yours first?
0: Yeah, uh, mine mine's brief. Mine's just that um, there's nothing. There's arguably for me. There's no feeling. Weirder and worse than oversleeping, by a lot. Like okay, so I every morning I set my alarm for 7:30, 7:45. That's when I wake up. So early. Yeah, well, it's so I can get ready in a at a leisurely pace. Yeah, that's Take,
1: probably smart. Smart. Right. I do the opposite. I roll out of bed like five minutes before I should be at work. <laughs> Take my time. Yeah. Get ready,
0: and because I like to be at work. You know, nine no later. I try to be good for you. I bro- roll in
1: at like nine fifteen on Let's, the reg.
0: Well, I, <laughs> so I try to get there at nine. Um, especially now, there's some you know organis- reorg right. stuff going on at work. I'll leave it at that. But I don't want to be the guy who's late. And so um, I set my alarm for seven thirty. Long story short, I wake up, look at my phone. It's eight forty. <laughs> that's that's the time I get up. Right, and for me, I was like, shit. If, so if you're planning, though, if you plan to wake up at a certain time and you're like, okay, I want to be to work at 9, waking up at 8.40, that's usually when I'm dressed and like walking downstairs. Yeah. And I'm like, i got to do everything. So the feeling, all I really want to talk about is the feeling of of waking up when you've overslept is really weird because you get this jolt of adrenaline, but you're still half asleep. And so you're still confused. And so you're like it's like this mix between jumpy and like not reacting to things the right way and I just like stared at my phone and was like oh fuck <laughs> What the fuck? I put it down and looked again. Mm-hmm. I was like, it really is eight forty. Like, god damn it! And it's just the worst feeling because then you have to get up and like, I got to work. I had a adrenaline buzz on. I was yeah. like oh, yeah. I mean, actually I pulled into work at nine twelve. Okay, I made good time. That's not bad. I got ready, got yeah, dressed. Not too bad. Did all my, you know, brushed my teeth and all that good, good stuff. Good for you. Did that really got that shit done by nine oh three and was out the door by nine oh five. Yeah, that's so good. Didn't that's take good. me too long. But it's a shitty feeling. The only other thing. That I had for this was unrelated to oversleeping, so we've been using Last FM. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, um, I went out for a jog, and I listened to Tiger's Jaw and mm-hmm. I listened to the beginning of um, Never Hung Over Again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Looked at Last FM today, wasn't represented on the. Uh... Did it get disconnected from Spotify? So it was. It's offline plays. Do those not count? Oh, I guess it would make sense that you wouldn't get it.
1: Maybe not. Yeah, so that's yeah, no, that wouldn't.
0: doesn't scrabble.
1: That's right. So, might uh,
0: we might have to reconsider how we're like calculating how many songs we do. I don't know if it's gonna throw it off a lot, but if you're using offline mode yeah, with I, any regularity, I don't normally use offline. When you're driving, you don't use
1: offline. No, mode? I do burn through data. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. I know Spotify will still count it, but.
0: I don't really, I mean, I don't really care, I just won't. wanted to bring it up as a, yeah. you know, interesting. it's out there, and yeah. I was kind of bummed, I was like, oh, I kind of want to see the pizza logo, yeah. the pizza album cover, like, in my mix. I right. get addicted to looking at it and seeing, the, like, the, yeah like, what the different album covers are, I'm like, Oh Jake, you're pretty eclectic. Good
1: for you. <laughs> you're the fucking man. I,
0: I'm like, I'm like, outside my body, patting myself on my back, like, <laughs> yeah. look at that, you go from Tiger's jaw to some, some Bill Evans. <laughs> Some jazz. You're, no one's as cool as you. Yeah, dude, you got a, you got an eclectic taste. And you're not doing it to fake either. <laughs> this is genuine <laughs> shit. This isn't a put on. We just turned into like Samuel L. Jackson. you a real motherfucker. <laughs> uh, what was your uh, uh, okay? Your so tale?
1: you know, I we, actually haven't heard this yet. We've talked we've talked on the podcast about me being sick yes. for the past week. God knows what's actually wrong with me. So I, I actually went to the doctor. Sean right now is wrapped in a throw. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm in a blanket. blanket. I was cold. It is cold in my room. Uh, so I went to the doctor on Monday. I It just turns out I had a checkup scheduled for that Monday. Hmm. Happened to be sick. Hmm. Went in. Hmm. Ended up talking about just always being sick. I was like, I, I get sick really easily, I feel like. Doctor didn't seem overly concerned. <laughs> he was... He was plussed by the situation. Right. And uh, so he's like, you know, what we're going to do is we are going to schedule some blood work for you. So I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Because I guess when doctors don't know what to tell you, they're like, we're going to order some tests. So what I needed to do was 12 hours of fasting before getting my blood work done. So I was like, "Ah, I'm going to have to do that first thing in the morning. I'm going to have to wake up and go. So stopped eating last night, went to bed. Actually... Couldn't fall asleep because I was so anxious and nervous about waking up early. So that happens to me sometimes. Yeah, no, I get the same. I got way. like less than six hours of sleep, which for me might as well be not sleeping at all.
0: You should. Yeah, it's like pulling an all nighter. Yeah. Sleep so is six full hours.
1: Wake up, get ready. I go in to the uh, to the place to the lab to get my blood work done. The crime lab. The lab, and uh, I had to do a urine test for this too. So it was urine and blood. I get in there. Nurse, super nice. She's like, "What do you want to do first?" I was like, "Let's, let's." I'm trying to match her energy too, and it's like it's early. It's yeah. like eight in the morning, and I'm like, "Let's, let's do the pee test first."
0: <laughs> it's like good choice,
1: and I'm like, "Okay." We are are fucking Ollivander, you <laughs> know, <yeah>. springy. <laughs> so she gives me the cup, brings me to the bathroom, gives me the rundown. I was like, "Okay, I got this." I'm sitting over the toilet for what feels like twenty minutes. Can't pee because, as we maybe have talked about before, I'm a little pee shy. Can't pee under me when there's pressure to pee, whether it be in a busy bathroom situation at urinals or whether it be having to do this urine test. You it's fold. hard, it's hard for me to pee. I fold under pressure. I
0: gotta be honest, I, I think I could
1: piss under any conditions. Well, that's a good skill to have, it, it has never benefited me in any way. So, what ends up happening, I, I'm like, this isn't gonna happen right now, let's do the blood thing first. So, I go out. So you had to go own up to her. I had to go with the empty cup. And it had already taken forever, too. So I'm like... She's like, oh, I was worried. I was like, well, the issue was I couldn't pee. She's like, that happens. Don't worry. We'll get you some water. We'll get you some cranberry juice. You can try again after. Turns around. She's giving sarcastic looks (laughs) to the other dog. She's like, believe this fucking guy? can't even pee. (laughs) Uh, So we do the blood thing. I go back in with the cup after drinking some water. And I'm trying again. And I, like, I can't, I still can't do it. I realized what the issue was, is, like, in the morning, especially if I'm, like, anxious about going to a new spot or, like, having something to do in the morning, like this thing, you know, it gets the bowels moving a little bit. Uh... I had to shit really bad. Have you ever tried, like, having to pee while you need to shit? Yeah, I usually not
0: to be overly... You know, uh, graphic, but a lot of times I take care of both at the same time. Exactly.
1: So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have to shit, and then do this. So I, I do, I do the business, and it's just, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. A bloodbath. It's a whole thing, and I do it while like holding off a pee that had come in as like as as I was relieved myself. So I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So I stand up. I do it get the pee, put it in the thing, you know, get everything done, wash my hands. As soon as I am going out the door, there's another nurse and another dude coming in to do the exact same thing as me after I had just blown up the bathroom. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> and I just like don't make eye contact. And I'm like, "Oh, excuse me." And I <gasps> and I escape out through the the waiting room. This dude a cup of pee? No, you leave it in there in the little in the ah. like the little door. This dude had to go through the same process as I did of, of trying to like squirt out some pee with just the the smell of Ooh. of what was just like an anxious shit. Wow. Hanging in the air. Just
0: stomach acid. So, <laughs>
1: so <laughs> that- that's so that was that was my morning then I had to go to work and do a full day. So it was like I had a full day before I even got to work. An, that's an adventure really quickly I've been meaning to bring this up
0: forever because I found so it has only to do with one thing you brought up. You said the word plus, which is like non-plus. Right. And you know if we've had the discussion before where you were like people misuse non-plus. It's actually the opposite of what you think. So what the way people use it is like
1: they don't seem they don't care. Th- and that's reacting. why I that's why I said plus, not even knowing right. if that was the right thing to say.
0: But your point was it's the opposite of that, so it means like a, a different thing. So th- I looked this up. And this is the weird thing, and I've been meaning to tell you this for months. So the official, like, formal definition of nonplussed is surprised and confused so much that they're unsure how to react. And the way they use it is, he would be completely nonplussed and embarrassed at the idea. So that doesn't seem like nonplussed, like you don't care. Right. Right. That seems like the opposite in some ways. Yes. But the informal North American definition I've read this is not
1: disconcerted, unperturbed, and that's the way I've
0: always thought of it. Yes. It's because.
1: I think I read this somewhere that people get it wrong so often that the definition just, has changed. just changed,
0: and that makes sense. That's uh, descriptivist language, yeah. Instead of prescriptivist, you know what? Yeah. While we have the pre-show going, I just
1: prescribe go to that type of language. There though. you go. Filibuster so so, for a
0: sec. we can edit this out, but I'm just gonna
1: pass. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go off on like a whole tangent here about um, the Chicago Bulls. So the Chicago Bulls have they started off the NBA season really really hot. And they ended up going through a bit of a losing streak. Big surprise because they have Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler, all alpha dogs who can't really share the ball or be good teammates. So this past week, Dwayne Wade ended up saying to the press, he's like, you know, we just don't have enough guys who care on this team. Uh, You know, guys don't want to win enough. So as a result, Rajon Rondo today ended up posting... A whole long Instagram about how the veterans, he goes, my veterans. It's a picture of the Celtics, the old Celtics, Garnett, him, and Pierce. And he goes, my veterans would have never gone to the press. My veterans would have talked to the team first. My veterans would have done this. My veterans would have been working hard in the gym. My veterans care about winning. And he went on this whole long diatribe about what like real veterans do. Wow. Really sticking it to Dwayne Wade. I loved it, because I still kind of like Rondo. Yeah, despite like all the, the weird shit. And I hate Dwayne Wade, so it was awesome to see Rondo just going for the throat, even right. though they're teammates. Um, so the Bulls are are imploding. Speaking of Dwayne Wade, all you're talking
0: about, <laughs> he, I had to go Dwayne myself.
1: Dwayne Wayne. Like drain. Yeah. I was doing like a speech impediment thing. Yeah, that was off the cuff, that whole Bulls thing.
0: Yeah, I heard some of it so, in there. And we're going to keep all that. That was that was gold. I think we should. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I missed much of it, but I look forward to hearing it when I listen to the, end yeah. of the podcast.
1: Yeah, all right, so we can we can dive in. All right. we can dive in, let's do it. let's do it. All right. Ready. Three, two, one.